Wildwood Community Church exists to glorify God by connecting people to Christ, His worship, His community, and His mission. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. We've asked Lyle Cunningham, who pastored Wildwood in the 1970s, from 1974 to 1979, to come and just to pray for us today as we continue our time of worship. So, Lyle. You're going to see uh, some video after this, and you're going to see 50 years of me disappear uh, in front of you too. So, uh, let's pray. Father, we, we thank you so much for Wildwood. It, it was not unusual for Moses or David or Paul or Peter to remind the children of Israel how you sustained and you protected and you guided and you gave them victory over the years to remind them of the power of your sustaining grace in their lives. It is fitting and proper that we should reflect upon some 50 years of doing the same for Wildwood, sustaining, protecting, guiding, opening doors, and blessing. We are, in a few minutes, just quickly looking at the, those who planted and those who watered. But most of all, Lord, we understand it was God, you, who gave the growth, and we thank you and honor you for that. We also are reminded that Paul was was often saying to look forward, and we are looking forward to the next 50 years of Savior coming again. And I would pray, Lord, that Wildwood would keep in mind, as the Apostle Paul says to look forward to the mission for which they were called. And the Lord Jesus gave to us that commission to go into all of the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them all that you have commanded. I pray while we will continue to reach into this community of Norman and touch the lives of people who need so much Jesus Christ in their life. I pray that Wildwood will continue to look around the world at this little celestial ball we live on and see that there are people halfway across the world who desperately need Jesus Christ in their life. May they never lose that vision. And may they always remember that the foundation of the church that we have is Jesus Christ, and upon him we pray. Thank you so much, Lyle. Well, as our offering is passed, we're going to have the opportunity to hear a brief history of Wildwood over its 50 years, as Bruce and I will tell it on video. But as uh, we prepare to hear that brief history, I want to just remind us that this is not a place that is a museum, but it's a living body. And one of the ways that we all can remember that is that everyone here matters, that we all have been connected as a part of the body of Christ in this location. And so in the seat backs in front of you, there are um, some name tags that are there. And at some point today, if you don't mind, take that name tag out, write your name on it, and put it on because we want to be able to 
be together as a church family at this time. So this time as our offering is passed, uh, let's hear a little bit about Wildwood's history. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus confidently declares, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And one element that Jesus uses in growing his church are the spiritual leaders that he gives to it. And our first pastoral leaders were Dick and Linda Kerbrandt, who were missionaries to the Comanche Indians in Southwest Oklahoma. And after retiring as a missionary in 1966, at the age of 55, Dick began a Bible study with college students at OU. And two years later, Wildwood was born with Dick serving then as its first pastor. In 1974, Dick stepped aside as Lyle and Ruth Ann Cunningham came to Wildwood. And Lyle served as Wildwood's second pastor for four years before leaving to take another opportunity. In 1979, Bruce and Janet Hess came to Norman, and I served as senior pastor for 37 years until 2016 when I handed off the leadership baton to Mark Robinson. It was a smooth transition for Mark and Kimberly had served on church staff for 15 years prior to that. You know, as families, we often trace our family history by the homes in which we have lived, and the same thing can be true of a church family. And Wildwood began in its earliest years, very much like the children of Israel, wandering from meeting place to meeting place, often meeting in garages in various homes in the city of Norman. In 1973, Wildwood purchased its first property at the corner of Rock Creek Road and Northeast 9th, three acres and an older home. And again, the church met for worship in the garage and then used the other rooms in the house for children's ministry and Sunday school. In 1976, Wildwood built its first church facility on Rock Creek Road, a building that today is the home of Northeast Baptists. In 1985, God opened the door of opportunity to move to our current location, what was then a bankrupted indoor-outdoor tennis facility called Redlands Racquet Club. And that move from Rock Creek Road to our current location was a bold move of faith on the part of the church family. But through all of the moves, one thing has always been true. The chief shepherd has clearly demonstrated his generous grace and faithful provision as we have sought to follow Jesus for his honor and glory. Over the past 20 years, God has blessed Wildwood with steady growth. And one of the ways to measure that growth is through construction. In 2002, we moved into our new worship center and gathering hall. And then in 2011, we built our children's ministry space. Over the years, God has blessed us not only with those facilities, but the funds to pay for them. We're currently debt-free, and also the people to fill them. We've seen lives come to faith in Christ and grow in their relationship with Him in these places. Wildwood is for the next generation following Christ. This is a guiding principle for us here at Wildwood. One of the evidences of that is that we have 400 people who volunteer their time in our ministries to children and students, birth all the way through college ministry age. One of the blessings of that is that we've seen over 1,000 children and students come to Wildwood either for a Sunday morning, a Wednesday night, or a special event in the last 12 months alone. And we feel the fruit of that at our baptism services, where we've heard the stories of hundreds of students in the last several years who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. 
Wildwood is also for the nations following Christ, and we're privileged to partner with over two dozen missionaries ministering on five continents around the world, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, and everything from ministries of compassion to church planning to Bible translation. Back in 2011, we were able to triple our investment in outreach-focused ministries through our Ready for Takeoff program, and we're excited to see the next steps for where God is going to take us around the world together. For 2,000 years, Jesus has been building his church. And by God's grace, for the past 50 years, we've been blessed to have him build a portion of it here at Wildwood. You know, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says to his disciples that they will be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We've been blessed for the past 50 years to be a part of reaching our Jerusalem, Norman, to be a part of reaching our Judea, Samaria, the United States, and North America but also to be a part of reaching the ends of the earth as we've sent teams to the Yucatan Peninsula, Latvia, North Africa, Nicaragua, Asia, and beyond. We're excited to be following Christ, and we would love to have you join us in following Jesus together to the glory of God. Well, good morning to everybody. We're so glad you're here on this special occasion, not only this Sunday, but hopefully in the Sundays to come. If you would, please take out the Word of God and turn in it in the Old Testament to the book of Joshua, which is the sixth book of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, then Joshua, and chapter number four. No doubt you've already picked up on the fact that these three Sundays, beginning this Sunday and the next two, are a very special celebration of 50 years of ministry of Wildwood Community Church. And today I'm going to be leading us as we take a look back on the past 50 years. And then next Sunday on the 23rd, Pastor Mark is going to help us to focus on what God is working on and doing right now as we clarify and refresh our perspective about our church mission. And then on the 30th, Pastor Mark is going to give us a look ahead, uh, the next steps of what God has for Wildwood, and I think you're going to find that very, very exciting. But I want to just welcome all of you here. Uh, last night at my home, we had 75 adults plus children of those who'd been a part of Wildwood back in the 80s. And we were privileged to have Lyle and Ruth Ann Cunningham as part of that. And uh, I just thought it'd be interesting to get an idea. If you came to Wildwood in the 70s or before, would you just raise your hand just so I could see some hands? There's a few out there. How about if you came to Wildwood in the 80s? Could you put your hand up? A number of them. How about if you came to Wildwood in the 90s? Yeah. And then how about if you came in the 2000s somewhere? Let me see those hands. Oh, a lot of hands out there. Well, we're really glad, no matter when you came, that you are here today. And Pastor Mark and I discussed what we thought should be the overarching theme of these three weeks. And we concluded it should be, as you heard in the video, Mark chapter 16, verse 18, in the last part of it, where Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And that began back in Acts chapter 2, more than 2,000 years ago, more than 20 centuries ago. And it continues up to this very day, and Wildwood has had the privilege 
of being a part of what Jesus was building now for 50 years. And as we take a look back in this session, there are two passages of God's Word that are going to guide us. And the first one is found in Joshua chapter 4. Look with me at verse 1. It says there, Now, when all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua. Now, it's obvious that something had just happened. And if you remember the story that the Israelites had been freed from Egypt, they'd wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, they were now getting ready to cross the Jordan River into the promised land with Joshua as their leader. And if you go back in chapter 3 and you read through it, you will find that God said, I want you to know that I will be with you as you go. And a demonstration of that is what he talks about in chapter 3 and verse 13. He says, when you come to the Jordan River and the soles of the feet of the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, when they touch the waters of the Jordan, the waters will pile up back and you'll be able to enter into the land on dry ground. Now, a little geography helps here. The Jordan River runs about three feet to 10 feet deep. And you think, well, it wouldn't be that hard for people to cross through uh, maybe in a three foot uh, deep section. But the real challenge of the Jordan River wasn't its depth, it was its current. You see, you remember how you have the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River, then you have the Dead Sea, everything's flowing to the south. And up near the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River drops 40 feet in one mile. And even at some of the lower portions, it's dropping nine feet per mile. And so the current, as we've seen with some of the floods and everything else going on right now around the country, the current was the real problem. And yet God had a plan, and that is he wanted them to cross over on dry ground. So the last verse of chapter 3 says, The priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel passed on dry ground. Now let's go back to chapter 4, verse 1. So when all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan River, the Lord spoke to Joshua. What did he say to Joshua? Take 12 men from your people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, which was now dry. And then down in verse 5, so Joshua gives that direction. He says, I want you to go out into the middle of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder. And this wasn't picking up a, a, a rock that you could just throw. This was a large stone that you would have to put on probably one of the strongest guys up on his shoulder. And then I want you to pile those 12 stones where you are going to reside. And notice, here's what's important. Verse 6, when your children ask later, what do these stones mean? You shall say to them, because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, so these stones, verse 7, shall be a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. They were to be stones of remembrance. Remembering what? God's goodness, God's grace. And this practice was repeated in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. The nation of Israel defeats the Philistines in a military battle, and Samuel takes a stone, a large stone, and he writes on Ebenezer, 
which literally means stone of help. And he said, I have done this so that we might remember that the Lord has helped us. As you go toward the end of chapter 4, this whole idea of this being a lesson is repeated. Verse 21, when your children ask their fathers in the time to come, what are those stones piled over there? Well, then you inform them that Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. And it was a message not only for the family units, but verse 24, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. I want you to do this, he says, so you can remember what God did. You can remember his goodness, remember his grace, remember his faithfulness. Now, why was that important? Because God knows something about us. And I want you to think about this little phrase. God knows this about you and me. Forgetfulness is the sinister enemy of faith. Forgetfulness is the sinister enemy of faith. And though we must remember. So thus we have stones of remembrance. Second passage we're going to use to just guide us uh, through our looking back this morning is found in the Gospel of John, chapter number 1, verse 16. I'll put it up on the screen for you. It's speaking of Jesus, and it says, From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. Uh, some of the translations say, from the fullness of his grace, we've received grace upon grace. Another one says, we have received one gracious gift after another. And that's really true in our spiritual life. It's true in the life of a church. It begins with salvation, but then it continues on, and he is giving us one blessing after another, one gracious gift after another. And so when I have the task today of just kind of looking backwards over 50 years, it's just an impossible one. It's just impossible for me to summarize all that Christ has done in 50 years. Most of those things we're only going to know about in heaven one day. But what we can do is highlight some stones of remembrance. We can celebrate his gracious gifts, his gracious blessings. We can remember his goodness, remember his grace, remember his faithfulness. And so that's what I want to do, to bring up some stones of remembrance for Wildwood. And so the first stone of remembrance we have is coming to our current location, which was truly a gracious blessing from the Lord. And you know, whether you came to Wildwood, maybe as I did 39 years ago, or whether you came to Wildwood last week, all of us, when we get involved in a local church, end up standing on the shoulders of the men and women of faith who came before us. And we can learn from them, and we can be inspired by their faith. So I want to tell you a little bit of this story. And it involves three major prayer hurdles that Wildwind went through as a church family. Now, regarding this location, remember, it was a bankrupted indoor-outdoor tennis club that had been repossessed by the bank. And as I share this story, I just want you to bear with some financial numbers I'm going to share with you. And the reason why I'm doing that is they point to God's goodness and grace. When we were located at Rock Creek Road, the original location of the church, we had a master planner from the city of Dallas come up 
to help us plan that location. And one of the things he said to me was this, Bruce, I have never seen a church grow so large in such a limited space. Our plan was to expand at Rock Creek Road. Until one day, a college student by the name of Mel walked up to me and he said, hey, have you guys even considered this tennis club over on 24th Avenue? And I want you to know a little bit of my own egotism. I was thinking to myself, college students, what do they know? That's literally what I thought. Didn't say that to him, but that's what I was thinking. And Mel reminded, about, uh, reminded me about it several different times. And so we came over and looked at the property, and I was absolutely amazed. I said, you know what? This would give us a quantum leap ahead in terms of a facility, which led to our first major prayer hurdle we had as a church, and that was, Lord, open the door for us to buy this property. As I was sharing with my wife, Janet, she reminded me at that church, we had this large chart on the wall, and they had times to pray all the way through every day, and we had people signing up to pray, and the prayer was, Lord, open the door for us to buy this property. Now, now, They were asking, the bank was, $650,000 for the building and the nine acres, which had been appraised for $1,350,000. Not a bad asking price, but way out of what we could do. And so as we prayed about it, our first offer to them was $250,000. Now you have to understand as the size we were, that was a big stretch for us. And they countered back at $425,000. And that led, that that kind of spooked us a little bit, like how can we go that high? And we, we went into more fervent prayer, people signing up on the chart, praying, praying, praying. And our second offer to them was $350,000, and they said Yes. But it was contingent on selling our Rock Creek Road property. Just like when you want to buy a house, you have to sell your other house in order to buy that house. We had a wonderful acceptance offer, but we had to sell our Rock Creek property, which led to the second major prayer hurdle, which was, Lord, please sell our Rock Creek property. And we had sign-ups and people were praying. Now, part of the backdrop to all of this story is that we found out that no church property in the city of Norman had sold in the decade before. And so we're praying for weeks, Lord, please sell our Rock Creek property. And then in God's providence, First Baptist Church in Norman decided that they should plant a church in Northeast Norman, and Rock Creek Road property was the ideal location. That was an amazing answer to prayer. But it led to the third major prayer hurdle we had, which was, Lord, help us raise the cash to develop our new facility. We were able to change locations, but we needed the money to develop this facility, which started the first of several three-year capital campaigns that we've done over the years where we've been trusting God as individuals to say, we believe over the next three years we could give this much above and beyond what we're currently giving. And we were able to get commitments for $200,000, which, by the way, for a very small church family was a lot of money, close to $500,000 in today's dollars. But this property was in a disarray. 
It had been a tennis club, an animation studio, a, a construction company had been in here, and it was a mess. And when it came to demo day, we couldn't pay to have the demo done, so the church family did the demo. And we filled up 16 semi-truck-sized loads of debris out of this building. But I, I want us to understand, the reason why I tell you all that is this was a bold step of faith, and it was God's gracious blessing and gift to us. But here's the key for us today. The Wildwood Church family then was believing God for something that only he could do. And he did it. And he is faithful. And he is still at work. And he can still be trusted. And he can still do things that only he could do if we'll trust him. There's a second stone of remembrance I want to point out, and that is the open doors to Latvia and Brazil, the open doors of ministry to those two nations. Um, I tell you, many of you have never heard of Latvia. It's part of Eastern Europe. It was part of the Soviet Union years ago, and we never targeted going there. It was never our plan to go there, but God sovereignly relocated Ilgvars Vermelis, who lived in New York State, to Norman, Oklahoma. And he knew the whole culture of Latvia. He could speak the language flawlessly. And so in 1990, on the very first crusade team that went into Latvia, he served as the translator for them. And then later on, in November, December of 1990, I went to Latvia, even though I really didn't want to go, because it was a rough place with the Soviet army being very aggressive there. But we sensed that God was sending us. And and while being in Latvia then, not even having planned to go there, we were able to publish the very first children's Christian book in that nation in 50 years. We did dozens of evangelism and Bible teaching trips there. We have for a number of years been holding orphan camps in Latvia. You might want to be a part of that coming up this next sun, uh, summer in June. And one of the other things that God opened the door for us, we never saw this coming is we were able to get on the groundwork of starting Latvian Christian radio in that nation. In fact, the very first transmitter that they ever had was donated in France, and people from Wildwood flew there and drove that transmitter through the Soviet Union to start Latvian Christian radio, which has, by the way, 100,000 listeners right now. And we had the opportunity to have a radio broadcast of my uh, messages there called Treasures for Every Day, two times a week. The truth of God's word goes out, the gospel message goes out. And we have in 2018, interestingly enough, this December, the 25th anniversary of Latvian Christian Radio. This is an opening of a door of ministry that Jesus just providentially opened to us. And then you have the, the door of ministry that was opened to Brazil. Oh, we had a, a college student who came from Lawton, Oklahoma, to the University of Oklahoma, and then he went on to seminary. That was a guy by the name of Kevin Bradford, and Kevin and Becca went in 1988 onto the staff of Word of Life Brazil, and for 21 years, they were there in Brazil with Kevin serving as a seminary professor and also serving with the Perspectives Missions Movement down there, and uh, he is now our global outreach director here at Wildwood. And because of his involvement with Brazil, we've had multiple mission trips to the nation of Brazil that we have taken. And by the way, when Pastor Mark shares on uh, Sunday, September the 30th, he's going to tell you something very special that's coming up in the nation of Brazil. And you say, well, Bruce, why do you share all of that? 
Well, I want you to know that when I came to Wildwood in 1979, there was not even one individual supported by the church on the mission field. But the elders had a dream, and the dream was that God would raise up a team of people, and we hoped that most of them would be homegrown. And as Mark shared on the video, we now have more than two dozen individuals that we are supporting on five different continents. And and what does that mean? It just means that we need to recognize and remember God's goodness and grace. It's a gracious blessing that he's given to Wildwood that we are able to participate in bringing the gospel and the word of God to all these places. There's a third stone of remembrance I want to remember, and that is what we call RFT. That stands for ready for takeoff. You go, what is that? Well, a few years ago, we had several individuals and ultimately then the whole church body who decided to make a financial commitment. And the financial commitment is that we would pay off all that was owed on our children's building. And by the way, that's another fabulous, gracious gift from God. If you haven't been over to our children's building, you need to go over there and to see that. But we had these individuals and ultimately the whole church family who said, what we're going to do is we're going to pay off what we owe on the children's building, and then we're going to apply all that we save yearly and put it into outreach endeavors at Wildwood. And that enabled us to triple our investment in outreach at Wildwood. And one of the the ventures we're doing more now, right now, is we're investing more funds in training indigenous church leaders in all of these countries. We want to train them how to be pastors, how to teach the Word of God, and also how to get the gospel message out. And we're investing in particular situations that do the training of indigenous church leaders. All of this is just an expression of God's goodness and God's faithfulness to us as a church. And then there's a fourth stone of remembrance I want to mention, and that is the spiritual leaders that God has raised up sovereignly from Wildwood. In over 50 years, there have been a remarkable number of spiritual leaders, difference makers, I call them, in the eternal kingdom of Jesus Christ that have come from the Wildwood family. And we tried to actually get a, a totally accurate count. I don't know, as best as we could count it, we probably missed several people. But 31 people from the Wildwood family have gone on for seminary training over the years. And more than 100 people who have attended Wildwood have spent time in vocational ministry. You see, Jesus has been building his church. And we believe he's going to continue to do that and to continue to multiply workers for his eternal kingdom. And then there's a fifth stone of remembrance I want to note, and that is our church staff. And I want you to know that Mark and our entire church staff, our ministry staff, our support staff, are just an incredible group of people. It's a gift, a gracious gift from the hand of the Lord. And by the way, I want to recognize Herschel and Lindsay And Rebecca, especially those three people, have helped set up everything you see out in the tents, everything else you see in the gathering hall. They've worked hard, hard, hard to make that a reality in our celebration. But as we talk about our church staff, I want you to know something. I'm going to give you a little insight. They have a spiritual heart that is second to none. 
Why does that mean a lot to me? Because I remember, it was probably the same for, for Lyle when he came. When I, I remember when I came and it was just me and one support staff, half day, two days a week. And so honestly, when I think about our staff and everybody that's involved with it, the ministry staff, the support staff, I honestly get a little teary about it because it reminds me of his goodness. It reminds me of his blessing. And I want you to know our staff, they inspire me. They inspire me with their passion for the Lord Jesus Christ, with their passion for the eternal kingdom. It is a gracious gift from God. And we need to remember that. And then I have a sixth stone I want to mention. You might think, well, preachers always give seven. Well, I'm not doing that. Stopping at six, okay? But here's the sixth stone of remembrance, and that is you. 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 You and your passionate desire to know Christ. You and your passionate desire to walk with Christ. You and your passionate desire to serve Christ. You and your passionate desire to honor Christ. You and your passionate desire to invest in the eternal kingdom of Jesus Christ so that we might win eternal friends who might greet us one day in heaven. You are an incredible, gracious gift from God. And I want you to know that on behalf of the elders and on behalf of the church staff, we praise God for you. You are a blessing. You are a gracious gift. And our heart can identify with the heart of the Apostle John when he says in 3 John 4, I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And so we want to thank you. Thank you for allowing us the joy of leading you. It's been a joy that I've experienced for 39 years. It is a gracious, wonderful blessing from the Lord. Well, 50 years, how do you sum that up in a few minutes? I mean, Jesus has been building his church for 21 centuries. Wildwood has played a part, but that's just the beginning. Jesus is going to continue to build his church, and we are excited that we can continue to be a part of that, and we're going to talk about that more the next two weeks. That's why I want you to come back. You know, next week, we're going to talk about what does this look like right now as God is building his church. Pastor Mark's going to talk about that next week. Then what is it going to look like on the horizon Uh, on September 30? Pastor Mark is going to talk about that. It's going to be exciting. we got some exciting things ahead. God is going to do some great things. The overall theme, Jesus, I will build my church. And we consider it to be a privilege just to have a part in that. And I want you to understand, I say all this not because we're great. I say it all because he's great, because he is good, because he is faithful. And it just brings my mind's my mind's eye, to the last few verses of Romans chapter 11, verses 33 and 36, where Paul says this, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. How inscrutable are his ways. A lot of times we had no clue really what God was doing, but he was leading us 
taking us to places we never dreamed that he could take us. And so thus we say, as Paul does there, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. And everybody said, amen. Let's pray together. Father, again, we thank you for the person of Jesus Christ. It truly is all about him. He is the one who won our salvation by coming to this planet as the reigning king of the universe, becoming a man, giving up his life, rising again from the dead, and then calling us into the family of God. May we never get over that, ever get over that. And Father, we thank you for the way that you have graciously, through blessing after blessing, grace upon grace, given us stones of remembrance special blessings from you. We look forward to experiencing more of them in the weeks and months and years and decades ahead. Many churches don't make it 50 years. We would pray that Wildwood in some way would make it 100 years, 150 years, always following the person of Jesus Christ carefully, standing up for the word of God and the truth of the word of God, making sure that the gospel message remains clear and precise and it gets to the people who need to hear which are all around us in our communities, all around us in our country, and all around us in the world. We would pray that you would use us in ways that only you can do. May we remember we have a big God, we have a great God, And we have a God whose grace runs deep. We pray all these things. And I actually want to ask that you would do exceeding abundantly beyond what I've just asked because you're a God of power. And we ask all this so that Jesus Christ can be honored and glorified. And we pray in his name. Amen.